speaking with Martin McDonough, who's uh, the writer and director behind films such as In Bruges, Seven Psychopaths, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Uh, Martin, thank you so much for speaking today. It's a real honor. You're one of my favorite writers and directors. Hi, Kaya. Thank you very much. So I guess I want to kind of want to learn kind of what made you want to step into this world of, of film writing, screenwriting and directing? What kind of made you want to jump into this completely different world than what um, you're doing in playwriting? Well, I always loved movies uh, far more than I love plays. So, uh, so that was kind of the, the biggest thing. I, I, from the age of, I know, like 12 or 13, I, was, I kind of fell in love with movies and, uh, and uh, never really dreamt that I'd ever be part of it. Right. But, um, but it, but it was like the, the the highest art form to me. Um, and after like ten ten, so even when I was doing the plays and having some success with them, like the, the dream was always to to at least one, make one uh, make one good film. Um, so so like after seven or eight years of that, you know, I started trying to write scripts, and then things kind of locked out and fell into place after making the short film. Right, and I was uh, yeah. able to make to make in Bruges. Yeah. Wow. So, what did you learn on *In Bruges* and Seven Psychopaths* that you now applied to Three Billboards*? Um, I learned um, not to listen to the film companies, and um, <laughs> uh, no, what I, I think, and I think I didn't learn what to fight for and what to to not worry so much about. Um, I think you can, especially if you someone like me tend to getting into a war with about every little detail mm-hmm. and after you've done a couple of them I think you kind of realize um, what's what's important and what's not but also then just like an ease of, of, of working with with actors and, and with the crew all of that kind of just takes all time and you need to do it a couple of times I think before you can naturally get comfortable with it right and what I really love about uh, your writing is just the way you, you, you create characters. I mean, kind of, do you have a kind of a key secret to creating character voices? You know, each character sounds so different, and it doesn't feel like the same voice kind of in everybody. You kind of have everyone. Where do you get the perspective for that? Because you're not a middle-aged woman in, in Missouri who's gone through that kind of trauma, you know? <laughs> no, true. Um, sometimes, like, it can just be like a line of dialogue can can give you a character uh-huh. and um, and just... Just and then like doing something completely the opposite can give you another character. But I think like for for Francis's character, almost one of the, the first images and, and uh, moments I had for her in my head was her when she's talking to the the bunny slippers in the room. Right, that was a good and um, yeah, but that, that that kind of captured for some reason it was like uh, I think I, I wrote it down. I'm not sure I've even even wrote it down. I just kept it in my head. But just that image and that idea of um, her saying something, uh, you know, angry and 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 broken and and um, you know, really swearing um, uh, like crazy at these cute little slippers, and then find her her herself finding house finding that silly and incongruous and laughing at it. Uh, that I kind of it almost sums up the film in some ways, you know, because we go from rage to to comedy on a on a dime, as they say. Right. Um, so that so, so that was, and then she gets up and goes out to rage some more. But there was there's there's there's, um, there's a tenderness in that scene too, which which hopefully the film has in in places. So that's that's why that 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 scene gave me an awful lot. No, I really that scene kind of showed me her as a mother as well, kind of through all of this in her raging kind yeah. of 
and it, that's I don't know it, it's almost childlike but it was almost like a motherly thing to do you know <laughs> yes yes exactly yeah yeah and there isn't an awful lot of room there are a lot of places in the film where that tenderness is kind of allowed to shine through right absolutely um, another kind of theme that I kind of noticed in your films, you know, in, in Bruges and Seven Psychopaths and Three Billboards specifically, and spoiler warning, um, I'll put a spoiler warning on this whole thing, but usually have characters kind of sacrifice themselves, uh, which kind of helps tie everything together in the final act. Brendan Gleeson, uh, Christopher Walken, yeah. and Woody Harrelson, they, you know, suicide or sacrifice. Uh, is that a theme yeah. that you keep in your stories? Is that something that uh, you like to use you kind of you, you make it so poetic um, you make suicide so poetic in such a way <laughs> whoops that's probably not <laughs> the best thing to do but um no i mean those things tend to pop up by accident I, you know i don't i never uh, plot out a film before uh, before i started hmm. so you know what brendan did in in bruges came uh as an accident i mean came as a surprise for me um, just as much as it would to an audience. And what Woody does in this film, even though it's, it's a, a very different uh, kind of um, yeah. reason for, for doing it, that, that it came equally as a, as a shock to me. I didn't even know that it was going to happen until a few scenes uh, beforehand. Um, wow. and, and again, and, and I can't remember, and the same with Christopher's, uh, Christopher's character too. So, um, but no, it's it, like, you've only reminded me that, that it's happened in all three films now. I, I, I huh. I wouldn't have. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't have. Um, no, I wouldn't have even remembered that unless you told me. Wow, that's interesting. So, um, my site is kind of dedicated to uh, filmmaking as a whole, but I talked to a lot of composers, and you have such a great collaboration with Carter Burwell. Um, his sound yeah. and style is such a perfect fit for, I think, your visual style and your writing. What? How did you meet him, and what made you, in the end, hire him and kind of keep him as a collaborator? Sure. Well, I, I'd loved uh, everything he's done since since Blood Simple, which was, I think, his first film, right. you know, his, the first film he ever made, I think. Um, and that score, even at the time, when I was only, like, 14, really stood out in my mind. And then, like, every time I liked the score after that, um, his name was, it was him who, who did it, you know. Um, particularly Miller's Crossing stays in my mind, even to this day. Um, so, so it, like, it, People like him, uh, it's funny that you, you, you have a dream of working with the best, but you don't think it'll ever pan out until, uh, you know, you, you just write to them when, when you're in the position of making a movie and, and, and ask them. Um, and he was, you know, always sort of the dream ticket for me. You know, he was always the best. And, uh, and you know, but good people, you know, like making good movies so so he, he said yes straight away and we've had a lovely working relationship ever since absolutely um it's funny though like working with a composer because you're you're hoping they'll come up with something tuneful and correct and and the great thing about Carter is i don't know where he gets his tunes from but um but they're always so memorable and so distinctive but they're never um uh they're never on the nose like if it's a sad movie or a sad moment he doesn't play up that moment with strings or you know he tug, doesn't tug at your heartstrings he'll he'll almost do the opposite to a degree and similarly with a with a comedy scene he won't try and you know help it or over egg it he'll let you do the the work itself um so so he, he he's the best and with this he came up with uh uh, he, he saw a rough cut of the film and he came up with this uh, peculiar, almost spaghetti western-like theme yeah. for, for Mildred. Uh, he just played it on a piano for me and 
and it was amazing. It, like it, it was not in a million years what I would imagine uh, her theme would be, but it gave the, the film a whole another and a whole another sheen, and a whole they took it to a whole different place, you know. And it didn't. They does make it almost feel more like a western than than a drama, which is which is great. Yeah. Um, and I, I I love spaghetti westerns, and I love Ennio Morricone anyway. So so that was handy. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, do you? I mean, how do you do? You co- do you have to coax that out of him? Like, how do you direct a composer? Or do you kind of? Are you, do you trust Carter now to a point where you just like just show me something that you're thinking of? Yeah, yeah. You just trust him completely, and he'll have been like thinking and about it since since getting the script and then getting the, you know, variations of the rough cuts. Um, and and you, you'll have talked things through slightly, but pretty much I kind of leave him to his own, uh, his own devices because I know, you know, everything he comes up with is, is so brilliant and so beautiful. Like I still listen to the In Bruges soundtrack because it's oh, yeah. so, you know, perfect and, and um, audacious and, and beautiful. Absolutely. And do you temp your movies at all, or do you kind of leave it blank for him? Um, no, we temp it, but strangely enough, his stuff really, really works anyway. So the temp music we usually use is cast. Oh, that's stuff. perfect. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, uh, do you? But do you personally, as a as a writer, do you use music uh, to help you write? I know a lot of write. I, I personally sometimes will do that. Um, is that part of your process, or do you have like a clean slate mind? No, I I, ha- I have to have it completely clean when I'm writing it. But I write by sort of longhand uh, in pencil. If I'm type when I'm typing it up after that, I can have like classical music or something on. But I can never have anything with uh, voices or or with lyrics. What about like how about film scores? Is that is something you listen to? Or do you film to... scores? Not really. No, no. It's usually more sort of classical pieces. But I don't really listen to um to film scores to put me in the mood. No, I don't listen to any mood music to to tell me into a scene, for instance. Right. And uh, so the film takes place in uh, Ebbing, Missouri, which is it's a fictional town, right? It's not a real town. Yeah. Um, no, no, it's fictional. What made you pick uh, Missouri? What made you pick kind of the the Midwest? Um, well, it needed to be one of the old uh, southern states, um, and it needs to be somewhere uh, off the beaten track to a degree. Um, and and I liked that it had three syllables. That was pretty much. <laughs> yeah, it made for a, yeah, made for a really great title. <laughs> yeah, it made it even longer. Um, so, kind of uh, at the end of the movie, and maybe you won't answer this question, but you leave it in this kind of ambiguous way of they drive off and along the way. They say, you know, they're saying, are we really going to kill this guy? And they said, well, we'll think mm-hmm. about it along the way. I mean, in your head, I'm sure you know if they do or not, but do they? Do you think they do? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think my answer to that's going to be? I'm, I mean, you're probably not going to say it. <laughs> that's, yeah, I think I'll leave that one to you. <laughs> Great. Well, I, I don't <laughs> think they do. Same with him, Bruges. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they do. <laughs> um, well, Martin, I want to thank you so much for your time. Um, it was such, I mean, I love the movie so much. It really, it really stuck with me, and I, and and I just can't wait to see what, what comes next with you. So thank you so much. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me.